Here's one for you. So, back working. The lockdown's been extended and that's a ball like, but I'm not going to dwell on that too much. I'm back working. I'm in the office and all as well. And I have one of the lads back with me full time and he's essentially doing all the all the work. Which is great. You could say that I'm living the dream of everyone who's ever wanted to set up their own business. It's like, set up a business, get somebody else to do all the work, and then you sit back and count the money. Not quite. But I have opened myself up, even in this early stage of, of getting back to work. I have now finally what I've always wanted and what I've been working towards, I suppose, from day dot. It's a, it's still a little bit up in the air and a bit confusing and a bit of a ball like with the lockdowns and all that, but as I said, I'm not going to go there. I have time on my hands these days. I'm not fucking flat out putting out fires. Which is great. It gives me, it gives me space in my head. It gives me time. More, more than anything, it gives me time to think and to process and... That's the real advantage of I've talked about this idea before, this idea of time poverty. That I think that poor people or working class people generally are more time poor than they are financially poor. They they are they're both, okay, agreed. But being time poor feeds into being financially poor. Because when you're time poor, you make bad decisions those bad decisions compound over time and all the rest of it. So I have an abundance of time these days, relatively speaking. And it's great, it's let me concentrate on my thoughts about the vaccine, my thoughts on this. It's not a mandatory vaccine. They're not making everybody take it. It's not compulsory. But, you know, you're not going to be let into a fucking restaurant or a pub or a cinema or a shopping centre or a GAA grounds or whatever the fuck else without being vaccinated. But again, that's another day's work. What I want to concentrate on today is what I've been struggling with and what I need to explore in relation to being time rich as opposed to being time poor. So, as it stands, I know I'm time rich. I've plenty of time to obsess over that cunting lawnmower that's in the fucking background! Wrecking me fucking tits. But I have, I'm, I'm grateful that I have the time that I have. It's fantastic. You might sense that there's a butt coming here. But when I'm doing work work, which in my line of business is boxing up pallets of microgreens, loading them up, printing off the delivery dockets, putting them in the van, delivering them, and then doing all that in the reverse, which is cleaning the dirty trays, punishing them, getting the compost in order, sowing the seeds, putting them into germination, putting them under lights and all that jazz. That's the day-to-day running of my business, okay? If you work in a shop, just to expand on that a little, your day-to-day is serving customers, keeping the shelves stocked and, you know, totting up the till at the end of your shift and doing the handover to whoever's taken over from you. Whatever it is, if you work in, if you're a, a rep on the road, you're driving around to different businesses, you're making sure they're fully stocked up, you're making sure that their needs are being met and all the rest of it. We all have what we consider to be work work as part of our jobs. Now, when I'm down here and I'm doing work work, the day flies and it's great. I come down, I have a stack of, let's say, empty trays that need to be power washed. I say to myself, a oh, happy days, I'll get stuck into that now between setting up, 
doing the job and tidying it up. That'll take me to lunchtime, happy days, do all that, go get lunch, come back, and then, okay, I have this pile of stuff, and it'll, between getting set up, doing it, and finishing up, that'll keep me going till five o'clock. There's my day boxed off. And I can stick on a podcast, and I can just get through the work, work, and all as well. But when you've time on your hands, and you can essentially do whatever the fuck you want, what I've spent my time doing over the last, let's say, week or so, is I've been looking into COVID generally and trying to organise my mind in relation to what my thoughts are on different aspects of it, whether it's the vaccine, whether it's the lockdown, whether it's work, all that jazz. Getting back to normal, deciding you know what normal is going to be or what I would like it to be. The whole plethora, the whole the whole experience of COVID. I've been trying to wrap my head around it and I've made I've made good progress. But Doing the likes of that, that's that's the kind of thing that I would do in the evenings. I, I would I would see going down COVID rabbit holes looking for some sort of bedrock and investigating different ideas. That, that that's the kind of thing that I do in my leisure time. And there's a guilt, there's a guiltiness, there's a, there's a feeling of guilt that I get when I do it between nine to five, Monday to Friday. And I think the reason for that is we've been conditioned to think that work is something that you shouldn't enjoy. Work should be arduous. Work should be something that you wouldn't do only you are getting paid to do it. So the scenario I have kind of in my mind is you say to your boss, oh, do you know what, boss? I'm not really loving the work down here. And your boss goes, the fuck are you talking about? I wouldn't be fucking paying you to do it if you enjoyed doing it. Like that's the kind of stereotype I think most of us have in our minds. There's work should be something you wouldn't dream of doing were you not getting paid to do it. Which, in a weird way, runs contrary to the idea that if you love what you do, you'll never have to work a day in your life. But I'm struggling with doing what I want to do and calling it work because of the conditioning that I've experienced. And if I've experienced it, I can only assume most people have experienced it. And isn't it weird that even though I've, to a quite a large degree, separated myself out from, call it the herd, I've managed to somehow eke out my own little bubble in the foam of life, if that makes any sense. <laughs> but I, 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 I've done that. I, I've separated myself from the rat race to a certain degree. Now, don't get me wrong. I still have bills to pay. I still have deadlines to meet. I still have customers who are essentially my bosses, you know, to a degree. They can't tell me what to do, but when they say jump, I ask how high. Now, they're paying me to jump a certain height. So it's, I don't have a standard boss employee relationship with myself nobody tells me what to do anybody who does tell me what to do will be told where to go in no uncertain terms because i've i've elevated myself out of in a weird sense i've kind of elevated myself out of the working class because i don't have a working class job i make a working class income but i don't have a working class experience of life anymore I did for the longest while 
but I don't know. And I think typically what happens to people in my situation is when they've elevated themselves, they look to further elevate themselves. They want to put as much distance behind struggling and anybody else who struggles financially, emotionally, whatever way you want to phrase it, as is humanly possible. They want to, they want to put that life behind them. And you know, in one sense, that's fair enough. But when that's the general consensus, when that's what everybody does, what happens is you have a growing divide, sorry, a growing void and a divide in itself between ordinary regular working class people and what you could broadly call as the fucking elites and when you have that chasm between people who make the decisions at a political level and at a business level there's too much of a separation between the people making the decisions and everybody else basically and that 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 chasm that division is what breeds stupid fucking policy making, basically. It's what breeds this idea that we can almost inevitably keep extending these lockdowns under the guise that everything will go back to normal as soon as everyone's vaccinated. And then at the last minute, oh, by the way, if you don't get vaccinated, you can't have access to all these things that you're entitled to. And what I'm left wondering now is, I'm very much at the start of my journey of having a lot of time on my hands. I'm very much at the start of my journey of having so much time to think and the privilege of having somebody else essentially do the work work. And I'm wondering what happens when I've had a year of that? Will I find myself separated by that same chasm? Will I start thinking and acting more and more like an elite? The more I, I separate myself from the quote unquote the masses, the average people. I don't think I will, because and I don't know why, but I I I'm lucky to have and I'm burdened in equal measure some sense of responsibility responsibility for for where i am in life i feel maybe responsibility is the wrong word but i feel that there's there's an onus on me i was about to say to give back but that just sounds a bit wanky i feel an onus and a, a self-imposed pressure to do well by people who haven't had the same opportunities in life as me. And when I say opportunities in life, I mean, like, I haven't been sick. You know, you know, I've, been, I've had the odd fucking cold and the odd flu and the bad hospital experience. But, you know, for the most part, I haven't been, you know, ill. I don't have any kind of a disease. I'm fucking young, fit, healthy and all the rest of it. And it's funny because I was just about to say, and so are my parents, but, you know, my dad died when the family was quite young, so not so much. But my mum was able to support the four kids that she had. She had 
the strength and the tenacity and the willpower and all the the whole plethora of different things that you need to make it as a single parent she had them and that's part of my luckiness for want of a better term that's part of my privilege that I had a mother who could cope because there's plenty of people out there whose mothers couldn't or whose if they had single parents and it was their dad that was holding the show or running the show maybe they couldn't or maybe they just didn't do as good a job as my mum did because I think it's fair to say that my mum, in my own family's particular circumstance, did a far above par job of any other woman who might have found herself in the same situation. And there's a, I feel at least, and I've, I've felt this, I remember the first time I ever felt this, I think, was in primary school. When I learned about guys that I can't actually even name now, but I remember it was part of, part of history in primary school. And my memory of this is very vague, but you get the sentiment. I remember learning about English lords in Ireland who basically went rogue and started supporting the Irish. Because there's that fucking lawnmower again! Where was he? <laughs> so there was Irish landlords, or English landlords, should I say, English people. People who'd been given land. People, or maybe who hadn't been given land, but their parents had been given land. So there was English people who were born into great wealth in Ireland, knew that they didn't live in their home country, say, England, where all the English people were from. They knew that they grew up in Ireland, which was like a province of the home country. And they were able to appreciate that what was happening wasn't fucking right and proper. There was something that didn't sit well with these people to the point whereby they essentially went rogue and supported the fucking Fenians, as they were known. And I remember thinking to myself, as a kid, as a fucking kid in primary school, the fuck me, that's, there was something... I wouldn't have even had the language to say that that was admirable, but there was something about that that just... I don't know... It boiled up something inside of me. A sense of... I don't know if it's a sense of duty. And it's funny because I don't really have the language to... To summarise... That feeling or, or these thoughts. And I can't borrow them from somebody else... Because I don't think I've ever heard of anybody speaking in these terms. And I suppose what's coming out in the wash here now is... I wonder did those people have an uneasiness about their own existence, like I do now. I have an uneasiness with the fact that I have so much time on my hands. Now, this could very well be short-lived. I could be fucking out the door in a matter of weeks, fingers fucking crossed. But even then, if I am flat to the mat with increased orders when the whole country opens up again, like ideally what will happen over the course of maybe one or two months is... I'll hire somebody else. Because no matter how busy this business gets, I'm always going to want to remove myself from it. I didn't start it so that I'd be working in it for the rest of my life. Now, I've mentioned before that I'm a kind of a, somewhat of a high energy person. And if I'm not directing that energy into doing something, I internalise it and I fucking eat myself alive. So no matter how easy, quote unquote easy, my life gets, in relation to things that I 
have to do, like the work, work things. For good or for bad, I'm always going to have to direct that energy somewhere, lest I direct it on myself and effectively chew myself to bits. But this, but the conditioning that I mentioned at the outset, the conditioning towards being of the opinion that work should be hard, work should be difficult, work should be something that you wouldn't do in a million years where you're not being fucking paid for it. I don't think this imaginary English guy that kind of went rogue and went fiend, he didn't have that. Because he wouldn't have been brought up thinking that you had to, you know, go out and graft, basically. Because rich people's kids generally aren't taught that in the same way that more working class kids are taught. Broad sweeping generalisation alert. Richer people tell their kids that they can be anything and can do anything. But poor people's kids... (sighs) I'm just going to let that lawnmower pass. Apologies. Cheers, Dan! But poor people's kids, again, this is a broad sweeping generalisation, tend to tell their kids to get a job, keep your head down, don't piss off your manager, you know, stay in line, don't rock the boat, and make sure that fucking wage keeps coming every week. There's less of, there's less of a guidance into, you could be fucking running this whole world, son. And more of a, keep your head down, do what you're told, and don't lose your job, you dope. But that imaginary person in my mind, the, the, the kind of English landlord type person that went rogue and started supporting the, quote, fucking Fenians. He didn't have the conditioning of hard work that I and most people have. But he would have had a, a conditioning to think that he was better than the Irish which is something that I'm sure he struggled with. And I'm sure this imaginary person also struggled with the idea that he was doing the dirt on his his fellow countrymen, his the, the, the aristocracy, English people, you know, his heritage and all these different things. I'm, I'm sure that there was some part of him that was torn between seeing an obvious transgression in how Irish people were being treated and how his class of people were capitalising and profiting from it. And in a a kind of a a weird roundabout juxtaposition way, I feel something along the lines of that when I start giving out about the vaccine and the lockdowns. Because the narrative of the class of people that I've ascended to, let's say the business-owning class, they're all about get everyone fucking vaccinated. Don't let them into restaurants or whatever you have to do. Get them all fucking vaccinated. It doesn't matter. Just impose whatever we can impose on these people in order for our businesses to start making more and more money again. And to hell with the fucking consequences. Because what seems to be occurring is that all the steps that are being made to, quote, get us out of this mess, end quote, they're all in some way, shape or form 
encroaching on our civil liberties. You know, encroaching on our... Like our right of assembly for a fucking start. I mean, that we kissed goodbye to that a year and a half ago. And now our right, our right of assembly online is in jeopardy. Because if you say the wrong thing about either the restrictions or the vaccine, you know, get ready to be fucking censored, basically. And when you think about it, who has suffered most at the hand of all these restrictions? It hasn't been wealthy people. There's been more wealth generated in the last year. Sorry, it's not even a general. It's not even that there's been more wealth generated. It's that there's been a, a transfer of wealth from poorer people to richer people. I believe there was more millionaires created in the US over the last 12 months than ever before. And now that this ruling class, this class of elites, rich cons basically, now that they're predominantly vaccinated by choice, they're going to impose vaccination on poorer people. And it's these poorer people who are going to have to work in these restaurants. But they don't need to be vaccinated to work there. You only need to be vaccinated to eat there. Because you know the whole, you know, you know yourself the way COVID is only transmissed when you're socialising, not when you're working. And it just makes me wonder how differently we'd be looking at this whole situation if the age of people affected by COVID was in the reverse. Like, can you imagine if it had gone after younger people, say, and it was all the younger people that were vaccinated and the government came out and said, right, we have to get everyone vaccinated, starting with the most at risk. So we're going to start with not to five-year-olds, then five to 10-year-olds, 10 to 15-year-olds, 20-year-olds, and all the way up to, let's say, 25 to 30-year-olds. So once 25 to 30-year-olds were vaccinated, it pretty much meant that all the vulnerable were protected. But then they pushed out the lockdown because of concerns over a new variant. And what they said at the last minute then is, oh, by the way, all you people who weren't really in danger this whole time, if you want to eat in a restaurant when they do back up, do open back up, you have to get vaccinated or you can't come into the restaurants. They would be up in fucking arms over this in a way that the younger generation aren't going to be up in arms. Because for them, and the government don't give two shits because the majority of people who vote are in the older category. So as far as the government's concerned, they're fucking lying back, rubbing their hands together saying, happy days, we've looked after our voting base and we're fucking over younger people. But you know, that's what younger people are there for, to be fucked over. And like I've said in previous episodes, the time to do anything about this was 10 years ago. So I think that the ship has sailed. The go- our, our current government have essentially gotten away with the fuck up that they're currently making and are continuing to make. I've kind of made me peace with this particular shower as having gotten away with it. But I don't have the same confidence that future governments will get away with it. Because I, for one, intend to step up my awareness of how this country is ran and by whom it's ran and to do whatever I can to spread that information, to try and raise the general consciousness of the whole fucking lot of us, specifically working class people. Because politics, generally speaking, is cloaked in an air of 
an air of complicatedness. It's deemed to be very intricate and complicated and you'd nearly need to have a master's, never mind a PhD in politics, to even be able to join the conversation. But I personally don't see it as being any more difficult than the Premier League, which, you know, 99% of working class Irish people at least have absolutely no problem in following and understanding at a very, very deep level. And that's the other thing. What you need to know about politics, it's just the sentiment, it's just the gist. That's all you really need to know. And anybody who says different, you know, I would, I can't see how a young working class person would want to see it, and by it I mean politics, as something that was too difficult for them to understand. I don't see why it would be in their favour to think like that. I do see why it would be in the favour of older, richer people to impose that view on younger people. Ah, oh, you're too young, you don't know what you're talking about. Wait till you've had kids and wait till you run a business and wait till you've done this, that and the other before you start running your mouth. It suits them to promote that narrative because ultimately they want to keep things going. And there's a weirdness to that as well because the older people of today are obviously the younger people of, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. But there's an element of I've suffered now it's fucking their turn. And that seems to happen over generations. And you see it yourself, like when you're a kid, if you've got younger brothers and sisters, fuck you and your lawnmower! Especially if you've got younger brothers and sisters. Sorry, especially if you've got older brothers and sisters. If you got kind of picked on and bullied when you were a kid, you almost feel obliged to pick on smaller kids when you grow older. You think it might be in the reverse, and sometimes in some cases it is the reverse. You got picked in by picked on by older brothers and sisters or older kids in your estate or whatever it was when you were young. So you say to yourself, Do you know what, when I get to their age, I'm not going to be a dickhead to the younger people. But that book's the trend. For the most part, we're only human and monkey see, monkey do. So if people are mistreated when they're kids, they typically grow up to mistreat other kids when they're that bit older. And I think the same can be said on a societal level. If you got fucked on when you were in your teens or 20s or 30s or whatever else, you almost feel an obligation to go hard on people in their teens, 20s and 30s when you're in your 40s, 50s and 60s. Now look, I'm not saying anything, anything ever with any kind of authority. It's just my sense of things. And the more broad a range of topics that I speak on, the less ignorant I'll be in years to come. And the better positioned I'll be to speak sensibly and logically and rationally and articulately and passionately about the the things that make the most difference in our society generally. And on that note, I'll chat you soon.